now, 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 your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show, with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Get You Some Radio Show. I am Terry Lancaster, and I work a lot in the car business. I've been working in the car business for 30 years, and for the last 10 years, the car business uh, kind of turned into like a scene from Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. It was all about the leads. It was all about being found. And it was just about making that connection, whether you were being found in a Google search or whether you're being found in a directory of cars. But uh, for some reason, this idea of just being found got to be the holy grail in the car business. Well, last August, I read an article by today's guest who said being found wasn't the be-all and end-all of the sales business, whether you're in the car business, whether you're in the real estate business, whether you're in a plumber. You know, being found isn't necessarily what you're, choosing, what you're shooting for. In order to make a sale, you have to be chosen. And being chosen is a much more complicated process than being found. So we'll be back with Ed Brooks in just a minute to talk about being chosen. And we'll be back with that right after this. For 20 years, 20 years, Instant Events has produced the biggest, loudest, loudest. most attention-grabbing car spots in the history of big, big loud, attention-grabbing car spots. We like it loud. But today, your dealerships need more. You need video for social media. You need video for customer email. You need video for your website. Video is everywhere, from your couch, to your desk, to your phone. And Instant Events makes you look good everywhere. Call 1-800-717-1999. Then, sit back and watch. Ed, my man, how you doing, buddy? I am great, Terry. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. So, so tell me about this idea, this being chosen. Where did you come up with that? Tell me, tell me even what that means. Well, I, I think what's been going, well, let's look at history for a quick minute. You know, 10 years ago in the car business, customers used to go from lot to lot to lot. And, you know, that was a Saturday in, in the car business. Do you remember that, Terry? Oh, absolutely. That was my deal. I, at that time, I was laying out newspaper ads. So I would get them a newspaper ad, and they'd tuck it in their arm. They'd go from lot to lot to lot carrying from the newspaper ads. From dealership to dealership, yep. and they would visit a half dozen dealers on a Saturday. And it was enough to raise some awareness. You, you just wanted to get on that, that path. Um, so you wanted to make sure that you were one of the half dozen dealers or nine dealers that they, they would visit over the next couple of days. Customers today are visiting one, maybe two dealerships. So it's crucial to be chosen rather than just being found. Mm -hmm. you know, just being, making a, a customer aware of your presence or the fact that you have some cars that doesn't sell a car anymore. Yeah. You need, you need to, to make them choose you rather than just being on the radar in some fashion. Right. 
Does that make sense? Well, yeah, I think so. And it goes, uh, a lot of it goes to, uh, well, I, I know another thing that uh, is big that we, you and I have actually talked about this too, is attribution is the word that everybody's tossing around now. And they want to be, things, they, they want to be attributed. They want to know where things come from, but things are actually, it's, it's a chaotic process. And, you know, people's brain, that one thing doesn't make the next thing happen. It's, it's, all the, it's all the things that preceded it. And that's what builds up the reputation or, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back kind of thing. Um, my, my boss uh, has a great analogy, and, I, and I've used the analogy in front of dealers, and it makes a lot of sense. If I'm talking to a dealer, and I'll say, Mr. Dealer, do you sell all of your customers do, do all of the, your customers come from this road? Do they live on this street? And they look at me like I'm crazy and, you know, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. Well, so you, they actually have to travel multiple roads to get your dealers to your dealership. And they say, well, yeah, well, on the internet, they have to do the same thing. Right. And most customers are traveling multiple websites before they arrive to their decision. And, you know, there's not one thing that's causing most customers to pull the trigger and buy from you. It's a handful of different things. They're looking at your reputation. They're comparing your pricing on third-party websites. Um, it's very rare to find a customer that can say, hands down, I decided on this dealership because I only looked at one website, it could be the dealer's website or a third party like cars.com. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. They're looking at a handful of websites and every one of those websites probably influences the customer to a certain extent. Yeah, and, and, uh, and, and that's, the, that's the, the, the issue with, with attribution. It's, it's a complicated subject. It's not just you know, the last click. It's not just looking at one website. It's looking at the, the, the entirety of, of their journey. So what are some of the things that, that go into being chosen? What, I mean, what, what, what are the factors? I, I think, a, you know, obviously, cars.com has been talking a lot about the four Ps. And, and that's your, your place, your dealership, your product, your car, your price, and, and certainly price plays a role. And then the fourth B is the person. And I, I think it goes beyond that. It's looking at reputation, comparing prices on third-party websites, or a customer could go to multiple dealership websites, you know, but they're going to compare your pricing. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a given. You don't have to be the cheapest, but you have to be in the ballpark. Right. And What's new, what's been introduced recently, and it's a concept that, that real estate has done very well for a number of years. If you walk into a dealership, you're, you get upped, and that's the way it has been for years. You, you get the next available salesperson. And real estate has said, no, let's help you choose your salesperson, your realtor, in advance. And, you know, if you're buying a, a house, you're going to peruse the, 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 uh, the real estate websites. You're going to figure out who you want to do business with, who you want to help you buy a new prop property. 
And I think that's something that we can learn from real estate in the car business. Make, you know, making, making the person the fourth P. Yeah, absolutely. And when we've surveyed customers and asked them, if you could choose your salesperson before you set foot on the lot, would you like that? And 97% of people answer, yes, I'd love to do that. And as salespeople, what you can do is really start to build up your, your presence online, making sure that your biography is complete on your dealer website, on cars.com, on DealerRadar, um, any other website, any other presence that you have, so that you, they can, a customer can learn more about you before they ever set foot on the lot. And the coolest thing in the world is when a customer submits a lead and they say they want to work with you. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, at that point, they've said that they, they like your car, they like your price, they like you as a salesperson. Right. As a human being. As a human being. And, and that could be because you've talked about, hey, you're a father of three and you coach Little League and you do this and that, you're active in your church. And all of those things may help that customer feel comfortable with you so that they can say, hey, I want to do business with this guy. And if you have a great rep reputation on top of that, you know, at that, that point, that's your deal to lose. You know, it's not going back to the nine dealerships that they went lot to lot to lot where they were doing their shopping on the ground. Now they have done their shopping on the internet and now they're doing their buying in person. Yeah, that's, and that's the big difference between 10 years ago. 10 years ago when they walked into the store and they got upped, and they get handed off to a salesperson they didn't know, that was fine because they didn't know nothing about nothing by that point anyway. They were really just beginning their process. They'd picked up a newspaper and they were, then they were, they, they were at the beginning of the road mm -hmm. to the sale. And, and, now, and now they're at the end. Right. Before they ever pick up the phone or walk into a dealership, they've done all you know, months worth of research in many cases. Right. And you, you talked about one of the factors being reputation. If people, people look at your reputation, my, uh, my thinking has been, this, you know, reputation was everything. Your grandfather told you that the only thing a man has is his reputation. But, and we kind of got lost in that and people start thinking about digital footprint and, uh, you know, online image and personal brand. And really all of those are just fancy words for your reputation. And that's what people think about you. Absolutely. And it's amazing the impact that reputation can have on not just your, your number of cars that you've sold, but also just your leads. I, I had a customer, um, a dealership that had a great reputation and um, on cars.com, your, your star ratings, your, your reviews last for two years and then they fall off. So we want to make sure that the review is a, a somewhat current review. And th those are dealers um, and salesperson ratings, right? Both, yes. And, and, and so, you know, I had a customer that hadn't been generating a lot of reviews, a lot of their old, you know, the two-year-old reviews, they started to fall off. 
And the reviews that they'd been generating, a lot of service reviews and not necessarily great reviews. And they went from a, a four, four point something star rating, a matic drop. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was that combination of losing old good reviews and getting some new bad reviews. And what we noticed is their new car leads went down the toilet. And I think that the reason is, especially with new cars, they're a commodity. You know, you could buy a new whatever from any number of dealerships. And, and this was a, a, a make that was really prevalent in, in West Michigan. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of competitors that the customers could choose from. And the new car leads went downhill as soon as we started to pay some attention and build up the reviews again. And it was a really a a quick process. I mean, all it took was two weeks worth of, of concentrating on building up some positive reviews and they went back to a four point something, I mean, Mm 4.7 and overnight the new car leads went back up. And I mean, you know, from it, it was like an 80% drop. And as soon as we dropped below four stars, so three point something yeah. stars, leads stopped. And as soon stopped. as we and then as soon as we started to generate some positive reviews, went back to a four point something uh or four uh four star rating plus, they came back up. And you know, I I always knew that reviews counted. They mattered. The reputation mattered. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that they mattered that much. You know, just seeing that drop off, it it just drove the point home to me. Well, one of the things I've I've read in in some of the cars.com research is that actually uh, one one out of five, 20% of people who are reading online reviews are actually looking for a review of a salesperson to find the person, the human being that they want to work with. Absolutely. And I mean, this is something that every salesperson has in their control. I mean, it's easy to um, not just generate your own personal reviews and ratings, but just working on that biography. And, you know, we talk about personal branding and I think any good salesman today should develop a personal brand, even if it's just their name. Right. And just making sure that people are aware of him, uh, of them. Um, but w- when it comes to making sure that your name is out there in a positive way, um, looking at some of the folks in our space, the automotive space, they just do a, a fantastic job getting the message out there. And they have their own personal Facebook pages. Um, they're generating uh good content, videos, all of that kind of works to your advantage. And, you know, I mean, that's the mark of a successful salesperson is somebody who's going to go above and beyond. And we had the, uh, we have the opportunity now. We had the opportunity to connect with so many people. We, you know, before everyone had a Rolodex of people that you know, or you know, a recipe card sitting on their decks of of, of their contacts. And now, you know, we've got five thousand friends on Facebook and four thousand on LinkedIn, and we have basically the world at our fingertips to to make these connections. But the connections only count 
when they're when they're honest human connections and like you said you have to say that you're a father of three or that you're a little league baseball coach and and bringing in those human elements so that you can form a human connection so i want to talk about your human story a, a little bit ed you had a uh, some trials and tribulations about five years ago that that changed your outlook on the world and how you had to approach business and, and really Absolutely. starting all over um and i i should have asked you this earlier can i swear yeah i don't care yeah go ahead Oh, you made a huge fucking mistake asking me to be a guest on a radio show because <laughs> I can't speak nearly as well as I'd like to speak. Um, five years ago, I woke up one morning and um, feeling great. And I drove to Dunkin' Donuts. Um, I went to order a bagel and a cup of coffee. And I couldn't speak well, in, well enough to order a bagel and a cup of coffee. And what had happened overnight at some point, I didn't feel a thing. Um, a clot went from my neck to my brain, to a, a, a specific part of the brain called Broca's area. It's over here. And that's mm -hmm. where it's one of the two main communication centers of the brain. And that clot killed a lot of Broca's area. And I had to relearn how to talk. Now, I, I wish I could speak, you know, 30% faster than I do now. I wish I could take 90% fewer pauses between phrases. I can't. Um, but the, the fact that I'm able to speak as well as I do today took a lot of work. And, um, you know, I... <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't think back and think, I man, I, I wish I could be as good as I was five years ago. Mm -hmm. That's not, you know, that's not the current situation. The current situation is, hey, you know, I, I have to work a little harder. I have to concentrate a little more in order to be able to speak. Um, so I, I'm not what I was five years ago, but you know, who is? So I, I, I think, you know, I, I can, uh, I can spend more time listening than I used to because I don't talk quite as much as I used to. And I, I think for a lot of salespeople, that's something you could <laughs> take away. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I, I don't have any regrets. I, I mean, I, 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 I'm happy that I quit smoking after I had a stroke and I, I, you know, I've, I, I could have learned something, you know, if I quit smoking five years prior, mm -hmm. um, I, I stopped, sm uh, stopped smoking. I, I stopped eating fast food for every other meal. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was living like a car salesman, you right. know, eating, you know, eating fast food for every other meal and smoking like a, a, ch a, a chimney. Um, so let me ask you this. We'll get to some of the things that I, I talked about because I quit eating. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't have a, a stroke or anything, but I, I, I kind of dropped off the fast food and 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 made some changes in my life four or five years ago as well. And uh, I find that my product productivity is just a million times better. I mean, I just my thinking is clear. Everything seems to work better. Have you have you found that? Even 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 if your talking isn't better, faster. Uh <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think um, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, I, I just feel better. I, you know, I, I wasn't exercising at all. Now, 
I have a bicycle and I ride my bike in the, in the summertime. I, I take walks in the wintertime. Uh, you know, I, I'm still, you know, probably a good 75 pounds overweight, yeah. but, uh, you know, and that really hasn't changed, but I, I'm, I know I'm healthier and I, and I do feel like I, I'm a little clearer and, uh, I, I think I probably think a little faster, even though I'm a little older. Yeah. I hope. <laughs> the, uh, so, 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 uh, what prompted you to get healthy? You know, well, I, I know, I know it's, it's, it's your show, but I, yeah. I, I want to hear from you. Well, and I, I'll tell you why I started the show. I started the show uh, because I was, uh, I had written a book uh, about kind of the process that I went through and I did a ton of podcasts over the course of a year. I did, you know, 50 or 60 podcasts and I, I went on and told the same stories over and over again. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of telling these dang, dang stories. I'm going to start a show and make other people tell their stories. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the story is, I, you know, I just, uh, I, I, like I, woke, I woke up and, um, you know, gradually I had a couple of big epiphanies. No, number one, I, uh, I accidentally told someone that I was almost 50 years old. And the first time I said that out loud, it was like somebody kicked me in the groin. It's like, I'm almost 50. You know, I'm fat and I'm overweight and I drink too much and I don't get any exercise and I drink bad. And you can, you can do that in your 40s. Uh, but at some point, you know, if you're unhealthy in your 50s, it's going to stick. You know, you, you know, you're, if your life's a mess, you're, 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 you're going to get stuck that way and things can go downhill fast. So I started trying to do that. And I also, uh, and I also, also was drinking too much. And uh, I just woke up one morning and couldn't remember what had happened the night before. And I had the, uh, the hangover of all hangovers. And uh, at that point, I, I, I actually told myself, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to quit drinking for 30 days. So I had, and I'd been trying to lose weight. And so I'd, I'd lost a little bit of weight, but I quit drinking. Uh, for 30 days, just as an experiment, had no intention because I've been drinking since I was 14 years old, had no intention of that sticking. But at the end of 30 days, I felt so much better and I'd lost 10 or 15 pounds. I said, I'm going to give it another 30 days. Uh -huh. and, uh, and I gave it another 30 days and I lost a little bit more weight and I felt even better. And I started exercising during that second 30 day stint. I ran a mile for the first time since I'd been 16 years old. Um, so I did another 30 days. And at the end of that third 30 day trial, I actually tried to drink again and just had no desire. It just, it, it, I, the idea of drinking just, I didn't even understand why did I do this for 40 years, you know? And, uh, and right. I just, felt, I just felt so much better that the changes that I've made just an experiment. I said, well, this, this is the new me. I, I spent 40 years living one way and I'm going to try to live as many of the next years as I got living this other way and let's see how that goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I love it. And, yeah. uh, you know, you're giving yourself an opportunity to live the life that you really want. Yeah. And, and I, I think a lot of folks, you know, they fall into bad ha habits and before you know it, they're living a, a life that they really don't necessarily want. Yeah. And you made the, the conscious decision to be, different right. and good for you. Yeah. And then, and, and it's opened up a world of opportunities for me. I'm, I'm doing this now and this, this is a lot of fun. And, uh, it's just, it, it's, it's opened up my eyes that, you know, I, I always thought things had to be one certain way. And I found out I had a lot more control over the way things are than I really, really thought I did. And, uh, I, you know, just, just, just toying with that. So let's talk now. Um, that, that's one of the things we have for the show is I try to give everyone who watches the show, if they'll spend 30 minutes with me finding out about business and finding out the story of my guest, 
that we'll give them one action step, one thing that they can put into place in their life. And the show is, is, is for salespeople and it's about making money for sure because everybody wants to make more money. Everybody wants to sell more stuff. But it's not just about making money and selling more stuff. It's about creating health, happiness, and prosperity. So if you get if you got one action step that the folks can take to, to put into action in their life as soon as they turn off the, uh, the show today, uh, what would it be? Well, I mean, the, the easy one would be to say, stop smoking. And, and that would be an easy one. And according to my doctors, smoking was probably the primary cause of my stroke. And you know, a little bit more background about me. I, I had a, a, a minor back injury in high school. And when I went to the doctor, they did back x-rays and they discovered something that's called a transitional vertebrae. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like it was a minor congenital, congenital issue. And, and I remember the doctor looking at me and saying, Hey, oh, don't pick a career where you're using your back. All right. And it, your, your back isn't bad, but it, it's not. If, if you spend 30 years using your back, it's going to be horrible. <laughs> so, you know, do something else. And so I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to work by talking. Mm-hmm. And I was a disc jockey for a number of years. I, I, I didn't know. Um, so was I. I didn't know you. I didn't know that. <laughs> I think a lot of folks in the car business at some <laughs> point were a, a disc jockey. Yeah. Uh, and then I was a salesman for you know 25 years and you know then being told that you know I may not be able to speak quite as well as I used to and, and I thankfully I, I've re- regained a lot of it um, you know th- that that was like the, the big challenge um, so I, I think you know smoking is, is one thing but as, as far as something that anybody could, can put into to action right now is working on your your personal as a salesman and mm-hmm. that's not something that a car dealership has to do for you um, if they do provide you some some platforms whether it's the dealership's website mm-hmm. or dealerator or cars.com where they can where you can work to differentiate yeah that's key and take advantage of every single one of those opportunities to differentiate yourself from the other salespeople in your market. That, so that would be my one big takeaway. And, and, and I think the one of the ways you differentiate yourself, and, and, and this goes back to what we were just talking about, is, is not being afraid to tell your story. And whether it's the story about how you, how, how you had you know, a medical obstacle to overcome or, or how you, you quit drinking or quit smoking, I think those human stories are how human beings bond. And, and a lot of people on social media, they, they, they set out to build a personal brand just about the cars, just about the stuff, and they try to keep it light and frothy and they're afraid to be real i i'm i'm with you 100 percent. and i mean and you shouldn't have to emphasize or concentrate on on the negatives but being real yeah that's that's key and i think most people will be able to recognize real yeah yeah between real and a huge difference and uh, most people have a pretty good detector yeah and they can figure out 
what's real. Yeah, my, my, my favorite quote from Fight Club is, uh, sticking feathers up your butt doesn't make you a chicken. So to be who you are. <laughs> there you go. All right, Ed, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Um, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Uh, it's Ed Gets It on both. Uh, on LinkedIn, Ed's get, Ed Gets It. And yeah. uh, so I, I'm, you know, if you Google me, I'm, I'm, I come up pretty readily. There you uh, go. Especially if you Google Ed Brooks and automotive or car business, uh, I, I think I'm the only Ed Brooks that comes up when you enter that phrase. And you are and who Google says you are. You could always call me. Yeah. 402-427-0157. Call before midnight so you won't forget, ladies and gentlemen. Give us the number again. <laughs> 402 right, Ed, thank you so much for being on the show. We'll see you next time, buddy. Barry, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it, and I had a great time. Get you some radio. <laughs> You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.